1963, a man named Alfred, or Freddy, visited the Caribbean island of Curacao and noted two issues. The lack of building materials for the island's lower class and the excess of bottles littering their beaches. In response, he connected with Dutch architect N. John Habreken, and the Wobo, or World Bottle, was invented. The Wobo is a beer bottle that doubles as a stackable, self-aligning, and interlocking brick made for building eco-homes. 1,000 Wobo bricks would be needed to make a simple 10 by 10 foot structure. And according to Wikipedia, the official sponsor of Colgans, almost every bottle from that original run has been destroyed, and only two remaining Wobo structures exist. And both of them are on the family estate in Amsterdam of the man who conceived the idea, Alfred Freddy Heineken. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, ladies. Hey, gentlemen. I liked the story. I had not... It, we didn't do any rehearsal, believe it or not, folks. We don't <laughs> rehearse on this show. That was take one, folks. And I now know about the Wobo. Cheers, it's buddy. Thing. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Ah, God, it's bad beer. Yeah. So Heineken is... Well, it's a macro lager, folks. It's... Uh, it's one of the many beers we've done that is yeah. mass produced and mass marketed. And to me, I feel like this is one of those beers that's for a mass marketed macro lager. I just learned this term, by the way, so I've thrown it out twice. Macro lager? Now. Yeah, instead of like a micro beer, a macro lager. Oh, lager. Okay. Macro lager. For some reason, my mind was on wood instead of beer. Okay. Here on wood cans, <laughs> we're talking <laughs> macro logging. <laughs> Uh, Randy Glock would be intrigued, my father. That's right. Yeah, get him on the show. Um, but no, like for a beer that's mass produced like this, I feel like it's kind of polarizing. Like there's some people who enjoy Heineken. There's people like, like appalled by the taste of it, and that's crazy. What type of people like, like Heineken? Lager? Do you think? I don't oh, know anyone boy. who drinks or likes Heineken. That's a good question. Well, it it's billed like it's advertised as sort of the classy macro lager, right? It's always like the yeah. people like dancing and like it's like. Benicio del Toro is like drink a Heineken and yeah, kind of. It's kind of like in the, the, fuck you. the Dos Equis type of advertising. It is. So I don't know. It's supposed to be like a classy lager, but and, and it, that, it does have a unique taste. It is unique, and I think the unique green bottle is part of this whole thing as well. Yeah, and uh, but I think it's been shown that that like can skunk a beer if yeah. it, if it's not a darker bottle, and it kind of tastes skunky. It does very much so. It's, a lot of times, you know, we've been criticized on this show. Uh, we 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 bring a beer into the studio and we criticize the beer itself uh, because it's warm because we forgot to keep it cold. But and we'll take a picture of this for folks at home. Yeah, our new intern, Rick. Yeah, Brick. Uh, he Brick. Uh, Rick devised a technology uh, patented by the Cold Cans franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, trademark is here, so when I post this picture, don't get any funny ideas, guys. Our lawyers will be on your ass. Uh, we have a patented uh, cooler technology that we'll post a picture of. So this can't be skunked because it's just too warm. This is uh, 
this is this is probably prime drinking conditions, and it does still kind of taste skunky. And these cl- come from the Glock household. These aren't old beers. You wouldn't be serving me old beers, would you, Joe? These are brand. They didn't even touch the Glock household. My oh friend. wow! They came right from the convenience store on the way here. <laughs> so these what convenience that is. So these are yeah, these are brand new. They're cold. They they should be refreshing. I'm yeah. reading the, a taste profile by somebody uh, that knows more than I do on Beer Advocate. And they're saying this is a typical grain and bread lager taste, except subtly sweet without the same degree of bitterness. Minimally watery, that I agree with, sweet corn notes. Yeah, that's kind of that skunky taste you're getting. And that is... Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's just from... That's from Kyle Hay, 2004, <laughs> on Beer Advocate. But I, he's, a, he's a top rater, so I trust him. And Thanks, Kyle. What, Thanks for writing into the show. <laughs> when my immature palate thinks is skunky, apparently is is... Sweet corn notes, but otherwise a typical grain bread lager taste. Does this get back to the, this would be better if it was warm? We could pick up all those corn tastes? Because if something's too cold, you can't get all the intricacies of the flavor. I, I mean, I, I think that's a matter of preference, right? This is, uh, this beer's brewed in Holland, though, and there it's are places premium in premium quality. It says it right there. Brewed <laughs> in Holland. Right on the Premium label. quality. There's places in Europe that certainly prefer to drink their beers warm. Whether or not they prefer to drink Heineken, I'm unaware of. Uh, but it does say it on the label. Should we break down the label? Everybody's favorite segment. Time for that time of the show, folks. Uh, it's it's an iconic label, right? Label that <laughs> label. <laughs> oh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, drinking tips from Heineken dot com itself uh, says that you should must put, be twenty one year old to enter. You should keep your. Uh, Heineken's cold. They'll be less okay. appealing if they're warm. Count okay. your drinks and don't drink more alcohol uh, than you can handle. So the the label, going back to the label, uh, definitely iconic. It's got the red star and an otherwise all green label. It the It's like Christmas time here. It's it's Christmas in Tinseltown. No, we're not in Tinseltown. It's Christmas in the Emerald Christmas City. Christmas in Holland. In the Emerald bottle that we have. Hey, you know what else came in a green bottle and can, by the way? little beer called Rolling Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got notes of Rolling Rock to it. Uh, are those the only two green bottled beers? Mass market Mickey's, I guess. Is it like dark oh, green? But that's a malt liquor. Right. We've gone back and forth, folks, <laughs> on whether we're actually going to do this Mickey's episode. Yeah, we've had a lot of fan uh, <laughs> input on the Mickey's episode. People the- sending in... Um, Mouse ears in support of the Mickey's idea. Right. Like, do Mickey's, do Mickey's. We're getting box loads of Mickey Mouse Disney ears. I can't keep up on eBay trying to sell these Mickey Mouse ears. Uh, and they're moving like hotcakes, and I can't even keep up. I, I we, we did get feedback on the Smirnoff episode about how what we drank was le- less than beer. Uh, sure. It wasn't beer, namely. And it, uh, it says beer on the bottle. Yeah. There are certain regulations. But it made us weary. Now we're walking on eggshells. We are. Until we do the kombucha episode, which is inevitable, Joe. I don't care what the fuck you think. So the listeners you're don't doing. want kombucha. The list there is ooh, we'll open up that mailbag. <laughs> There's a lot of support for a kombucha. And we will do it. I had a kombucha before we started drinking. You saw me. You have kombucha all day, every day. <laughs> I saw the envy in your eyes. No, it's not envy. Well, guess it's, what? I'm a happy pity. boy because my gut's real happy. I uh, <laughs> smelled and heard you before we started the recording, and I can cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> Starting it over. So 
back to, to Heineken. Hey, so let's it, get back to the Heineken. It's got, it's got the green bottle, and it has like the label kind of looks like one of those little Heineken mini kegs. Yeah, I was going to bring those up. That's the that is Heineken. Okay, and so that's the story. I told you I was going to have a story that I surprised you with. It's not much of a story. Joey's story hour. <laughs> Gather around, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I have a story to share. Take a seat. We were in Hold uh, hands <laughs> and, and listen to this wholesome story that's sure to teach you a thing or two. Uh, there was a Heineken mini keg that we had at a party for some reason, and this was in college, and I don't remember who did it, but I want to say it's an old buddy of mine from uh, high school. His name was Landon. He's a bigger guy, not big as in fat, but just big as in like, he's just a big dude. Sure. And I want to say this is him, but I'm sure our number one fan, fan checker, Dan Shade on Twitter, will verify whether or not this was him. But uh, he got on the Heineken keg, the little mini keg that's about two feet by one foot across, to do a keg stand <laughs> on, the, on the Heineken. Uh-huh. And uh, he got he got, he got got himself braced up there, and somebody was holding his ankles, and the, the side of the keg gave way. <laughs> and his whole, his left arm just shot to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he fell down, toppled in a comical fashion. Heineken. I don't think the Heineken actually spilled. I think just it was just this cheap non-metal yeah, keg dented, just okay. dented itself okay. in, and that was the end. So that's pretty folks, good. A good good bit as well. Like trying to do the keg. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty folks good at home, if you're in college, you want to do a good bit, you'll remember forever. Uh, buy a Heineken mini keg and do keg stands on it. Uh, it's sure to bring a laugh or two. Get maybe do two of the mini kegs, and oh. then you're like holding yourself up on both, and you got to suck off both of them. <laughs> Our lawyers advise you <laughs> to drink responsibly, but that that's the way to go. Then when you're upside down on the two kegs, you're holding yourself up. You got you're sucking on both. Yeah. If you're big and strong, you can do dips. Ooh. Do dips on the Heineken kegs, and then you like don't even have to swallow. You the movement of you like yes. physically up moves the beer. <laughs> Because the beer doesn't move with you. It's like floating in space. It'll move down your stomach and then back up. It's you, the, And then you need a third or fourth person in the equation to, like, man the uh, the nipples, <laughs> as they're known. Yeah, the the two, spigot. The nozzles. The yeah, nozzles, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got one on so the legs. four people total, one holding. Cause oh, yeah, so two You're going to have legs. one person, Hercules, Hercules, holding the ankles while the two. I guess you could. I mean, that's that's I'm fair. very functionally strong, and I only relate to people who are also functionally <laughs> strong, Joe. Yeah, so three, but our lawyers advise at least four of you should try to do this when you try it at home and send it Gr- to us. Greg's nodding his head in the corner. Yes, that's what we advise. <laughs> our lawyers this changed time. names many times. Uh, well, it's the it's the law firm of Greg, Jeff, D- and uh, <laughs> David. They go by their first names. Yeah, yeah. they're very fun guys. <laughs> well, it's also their last names. It's Greg, Greg, Jeff, Jeff, and David, David. Uh, the uh, um. So if you do this, I, I that totally blanked me. If you if you do this at home, send it to us, folks. Find us on Twitter at Cold Cans Podcast and Snapchat Cold Cans Pod and Instagram Cold Cans Pod and let us know. I want to see, but I only want the video if you can rep out three dips in the middle of it. Mm. If you, I'll tell you what. If you send us a video of you with a Heineken mini keg on each side, repping out three dips, and someone holding the nipples in your mouth. Um, not their nipples, the the nozzles in your, in your mouth. Uh, we'll send you a free Both shirt. Both nipples in one mouth. That would be hard. <laughs> I think we got to move off the nipples. Okay. The point is you'll get a free shirt. If you send it and we see it and you can rep three dips, don't break your face, folks. Get a pillow there. Get somebody to spot you. You need a fifth person to spot you. Please don't break your face doing this. Yeah, do it with a like nice 
Nice rug underneath. Yeah, nice shag rug because nice it's shirt. Sure, you're not going to spill anything on that. <laughs> and you're at some weird like 80s Coke party or something. Uh, but if you send that to us, you get a free shirt. That's the Cold Cans guarantee. And yeah, check out those shirts on uh, coldcanspodcast.com slash merch. I think it is that, right? Yeah, or is it shop? Okay. Yeah, it's merch. Yeah, uh, they're, uh, we're putting in a new order. We got to get a new bulk order of tees. New bulk order, and we might get some hats. Hey, who knows? Yeah, There's if you're interested in a hat, pay us now. So, <laughs> we're halfway through the bottle, Nick. What do you I got to put fuel in my jet. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's growing on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that me first, too. Yeah, the first sip, though, is bad. It's like nose wrinkling. The it's first skunky. Sip. It's yeah. skunky. But now I get this sweet corn texture <laughs> for a for a macro lager i must say uh so you know what i've maybe this gets to a point that i've always thought about is like is beer one of those substances that's just uniform throughout regardless or like does it get separated a little oh, bit you know sure so I'm like sure. at the top was that just like just garbage swill and now it's yeah, like yeah, more yeah. of the like full body flavor towards the middle of the bottle because you're certainly not supposed to shake a bottle of beer, obviously, but maybe just like a gentle, gentle rocking motion. Well, I'm sure like a, uh, like a mass market beer, like a Bud Light, is more or less consistent all the way through. Yeah, because it's so light, it's like there's no substance to even separate almost. But there is, there are certainly more complicated beers that have like sediment or something, inconsistent bottles. I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at homebrewtalk.com. Hey, new sponsor. Uh, I subscribe to, this is uh, Revy that says this, I subscribe to the notion that two tiny cups worth of priming solution dissolves itself just fine without the need to stir. Oh, he's talking about making beer. Never mind. <laughs> we'll cut that out. No, but Drinking okay. So no, priming solution. So then he talks about bottling it, and he said that it's certainly possible to brew like an inconsistent beer where you have sediment at the bottom, which obviously changes the texture of the beer. Yeah. So okay. I'm sure that there's beers that from microbreweries or wherever that have it. I mean, you could if you go to like a bar or a brewery and you're at the bottom of the keg, like the color changes and the texture changes, and yeah. certainly the taste flavor changes. So I wonder if Kynekin's just more prone to having that happen to it. Maybe. Someone was actually, on the taste-changing thing, someone the other day was telling me about wet hops in brewing and how this, it's this, like, new experimental, like, American brewers are doing this. No one's done this in the world. But it's, the hops are wet in some way when they're put into the beer, and the beer rapidly changes flavor, like, as it ages. So if you buy, like, a keg of it, you would have to finish it in the next few hours. Otherwise, by the next day, it'll be so bitter that you could almost oh, not wow. even drink it. So, That's yeah, it intense. gets more more and more bitter. Like, the hops release more and more of their flavor as it goes along. They must not take the hops out, I guess, is the thing. Something like that. And well, so, the, like, wet hops implies that the wet hops are in there the whole time. That could be false. Greg's nodding his head in the corner, but he doesn't know anything. In the Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA episode, we talked about sack yeah. technology and how you soak the sack and then the, the hops are supposed to be soaked enough. But you're saying you put them in already wet, like maybe just wet with right. water. So I've They're heard, so excited to get in there, they're wet. Oh. I've heard about fresh hops uh, as like a beer. Like Actually, yeah. my wife and I, David, she we Ooh. just bought a six-pack of fresh hops and we've been drinking it, and it was a similar type of thing where they said, like, you, you got to drink this, like, soon, and it only comes out seasonally in Seattle. And I thought it may be unique to the region. Mm. That may be something different or the same thing. Listeners, chime in and let us know because we don't fucking know. <laughs> we didn't look this up. Uh, 
back to Heineken, should we talk a little bit about its history? There, yeah, it it's super old. Is basically the history. So, uh, in 1864, Gerard Adrian Heineken got his wealthy mother to buy De Hoiberg, <laughs> the Haystack Brewery in Amsterdam, a popular working class brand founded in 1592. They did this and that, and they made Heineken basically uh, out of that. Uh, it it won four awards in its early years, and that's apparently it. So it won a gold medal, the Medaille d'Or, at the International Maritime Exposition in Paris in 1875. It won an honorary Christ. diploma in Amsterdam in 1883. It won the grand prize at Exposition Universelle in Paris in 1889. And finally, it won the... Or concours membre du jury in Paris in 1900. So 1900 is the last thing. Or and the two whores concur on the members of the jury in 1900. <laughs> yeah, in Paris. Thank you. Uh, the two, so the Medaille d'Or and the Diplôme d'Honneur. <laughs> oh boy. Are uh, <laughs> yeah, I do not know how to speak French. Uh, those two are still on the bottle, so they're still mentioned on uh, on every bottle, and you can see the. So if you look at any Heineken, there's the red star, there's the word Heineken, and then there's like two stamps below it, and that's mm. that's the awards that they're mentioning. An award-winning beer. Yeah. It's a premium quality beer. It's written in all bold. All right. That brings us to our next segment of the show. Uh, fan favorite, really. And now brought to you by Blue Apron. Go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Blue Apron and get $30 off your first order. I'm sure the folks at Blue Apron appreciate the comical read of their uh, of their intro. <laughs> But seriously, no. folks, go to coldcanspodcast.com slash Blue Apron. Get $3 off the first Blue Apron. <laughs> hey, you want to know what's on the menu this week, fuckers? <laughs> well, I'm not going to read it. No, I'm going to read it. I love to read it. I love to read the menu more than I love doing the show or life itself. All right. We got um, we got sweet and spicy beef with fresh wonton noodles, roasted chicken, bland. Uh, the guest chef series is a, is a seared paramundi and sushi rice with avocado tempura and roasted broccoli. Sushi. Oh, boy. Basil pesto spaghettini, roasted eggplant pitas, and a creamy polenta and mushrooms for you veggie heads out there. Mm, yes, please. He turned into like some weird disc jockey. <laughs> veggie heads. <laughs> okay, today's parable or terrible is not that one. That's the other one. <laughs> This one I was going to surprise Joe with. Oh, I'm excited. A little stop by the grocery store. No long lines this week, folks. It was right in and right out, just how I like to do it. And this week, I knew we were drinking a Dutch beer. Mm -hmm. Made in Holland. Heineken, Heineken, straight out of Dutchland. (laughs) Straight out of Dutchland. (laughs) And so a delicacy, a delicacy and a uh, time-honored tradition. Oh, I can already say terrible. Pickled herring, folks. Oh, Let's, uh, fuck. This, is this may be the first on-air vomit of Cold Can's <laughs> history. This is made right here in Powell's Bowl. Oh, Nick, what did you do? The studio is going to smell like this pickled herring for mm, until Tuesday. Give that a smell. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> Actually, do you know how much this costs, by the way? This is a... Um, 16 ounce can. He's, he's holding himself, yeah, about a mason jar sized worth of filled of pickled herring. This costs ten ninety nine. That's a steal. <laughs> Stealing from my pocket, maybe. <laughs> okay, let's try it. I'm gonna okay. fish a. Oh, that's just a pickled. You oh, go yeah. for the first one. I'm, I'll go for I'm the first. Terrified. Okay, I'm gonna keep another. Keep drinking my Heineken. And folks at home, if you're drinking along, uh, don't drink along with pickled herring. I, I haven't had it yet, so I may may reverse myself. I'll get it. 
So we, we're not eating it at exactly the same time. Or we are eating it exactly the same time. Okay. Sure. So why exactly is this? So this is just a, a typical Dutch delicacy. Funny you should ask that, Joe. Our folks at Blue Apron, our friends at Blue Apron, rather, want to want us to talk about pickled herring, which is going to be available in the next monthly menu. Oh. Uh, b- pickled herring is a delicacy in Europe and has become part of um, Baltic cuisine. Okay. Um, and Dutch. Sorry. Um, that's about it, Joe. Back to okay. you. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much just confirming. like it's been used, you know, these right. places border the, like, Atlantic or any of the seas that come off of it, and they eat a lot of herring, and they pickle it, so it lasts through the long, hard winter that's okay. coming for all of us. And they pair it with Heineken, They pair it with Heineken. Cheers, they Joe. Cheers, the little fleshy the herring. herring. Uh oh. I don't know, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pair it now. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible. Ooh, that actually complements it very well. I like that a lot. That sort of vinegary uh, pickle yep. taste. The herring wasn't too fishy. I was expecting it to be much more fishy than that. I made sure to get the good thing of herring because okay. I'm sure there's some like bad mass bad market herring. herring. Well, I mean, this is the type of shit you see at bars. There's guys drinking sw- swilling beer and then they're they're eating pickled eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, so. fishing them out of that big fucking glass jar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to go forearm deep in that thing. And so, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that was <laughs> very parable indeed. Nice. The I, the grainy beer, like almost that skunkiness kind of like goes with the cut. pickled egg. Yeah, it yeah. like gets cut by the vinegar, like you said. Wow. I I am shocked at how well that went down together. Together. I did not mm-hmm. like the pickled herring in isolation. This is a true parable or terrible. Yes. Yeah, the, the texture of the herring is not great, you know, and the um like pickling of meat is never appealing yeah. to me. But that was very good. I do yeah. like most pickled things, so that's why I got this. And but but yeah, I say that's hundred percent parable. That's a hundred percent parable. Parable, parable. All right, all right, all right. And it really it provided some value for Heineken as well to me because that that went down very well. I wonder how parable Heineken is with just any other type of like I don't know. I don't think of beer as a parable thing with fish, and this like right. that kind of like that funk to it. I think pairs pretty well with fish versus a. Uh, I think about drinking beer with like chicken wings or pizza or burgers or whatever, mm-hmm. but like American fish, delights. Yeah, maybe like a super beer battered fish, but that wasn't, and that was good. All right, well done, Patri. Thank Very you. Very well done. Thank you. Earning my money this week, folks. <laughs> well, we're gonna really have to earn our money uh, in our next segment Uh-oh. because we're looking at Beer Advocate, folks, and let's just say Beer Advocate is growing up before our very eyes. Yes, we this have is been a big change. We have been bringing to you for 24 episodes now um the beer advocate score as it's told by the community there was a parallel beer advocate score as it was told by the beer brothers the bros and we went to beer advocate today to look up the heineken score it's poor nobody it's not a good beer but whatever we looked it up it's no longer a score anymore we've been posting the scores on the internet uh we're doing all sorts of stuff Beer Advocate, <laughs> like with the Beer Advocate, we've been talking about whether we're going to, it's the brothers and yeah, the community yeah. and whatever. Um, and uh, 
it used to follow, if, if you're familiar with Metacritic versus Rotten Tomatoes, it used to follow the Metacritic uh, line of thinking, which is put all these scores together and make a score out of it. So we got all a these composite, together. composite, if you will. We got all this together, and the composite says it's like a 78. Um, we're now, as Nick pointed out uh, before we were researching this, it's now a Rotten Tomatoes style. Yeah. Where it's the percentage of people who said that the beer is at least 3.75 or higher. Out of five, yeah. So 3.75 out of five or higher. So the percentage of people who thought it was good. Basically the Rotten Tomatoes methodology. Yep. So it's take insanity. it what you will, what's the BA score? You're the <laughs> BA master. Funny you should say that, Joe. <laughs> this week the beer advocate score, percentage, whatever the hell they're calling it, is a 7.3% of people who reviewed this, quote-unquote, liked this beer, gave it a 3.75 or higher. 7.3%. So the, let's, the let's, average is 2.72 yeah. out of 5, which yep. is about uh, 54. Right. Or, yeah, 54-ish. 50-ish. Yeah, that's from 5,000 ratings, so obviously a very like widely tasted beer. To give it some perspective, past beers we've had, Rodenbach Grand Cru is a 92.9% of people enjoy it. Spotted Cow... Pretty low, actually. Fifty-six point six percent enjoyed it. Right, but so, rated highly. Right, so, so there's weird. a lot of five-point scores there. I think. Yeah, strange. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the new method. Like you said, it's Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has been accused of like taking down, you know, movies. Like, yeah, directors and producers say like Rotten Tomatoes is ruining our films because people see the bad score. Or, like, it's not you know ninety, and so they won't go and see it. I hope that same fate does not await our beloved beers here. You think Beer Advocate's going to take down the beers? I'm just saying. I we th- might have to take the Alstrom Brothers down. Ooh, the cold cans after the podcast is over. We're going to bring back a, sco- a composite score system. We'll be the Metacritic to the Rotten Tomatoes. You, it's a disaster, Beer Advocate. Alstrom <laughs> Brothers is a disaster. We're going to come after you. It's like the Hindenburg all over again. <laughs> I was alive for that, and I'm still kicking today. Speaking of the Hindenburg... How was the rest of your Heineken beer? <laughs> not, not really close. That's good. That is good. <laughs> Cannonberg, as they're known. It was good. I finished it. Yeah, I finished it. It's uh, It finished much you? better than than uh, what it started. How about yeah. you? The Parable or Terrible, like, seriously enhanced this beer. That you rotted up? Yeah. No, it, it, it's very good. Uh before we get to the rankings, let's let's do a little bit of uh, uh, mailbag. But yeah, I finished this beer. It, the bottom of the beer is the opening of the mailbag. Hey, and, and the, the Heineken's, it's like the muffin top. Right. Now you're <laughs> you going to get what you don't top. like. <laughs> the Heineken, you only want the bottom. Yeah. Just slice the bottle and half. The inverse muffin top yeah, of beers. The inverse the muffin top of beers. That's the new slogan. I, I hope they go with that. Fuck Benicio Del Toro. We'll get that on there. We'll get the Cold Cannons boys in the commercials. <laughs> okay, uh, we're hearing from some listeners about last week's show, uh, open Old Rasputin. Open up the mailbag. Open. Open. Open, <laughs> open up the mailbag. So I heard from Malia at Malia Drez. Uh, at Cold Cannons Podcast, she says, Joey buys Uncrustables to eat while drinking, circa Rose Bowl 2003. Parable or terrible? So she's asking for a retroactive parable or terrible. What was with this parable? The incrustable. I guarantee it was bushlight, <laughs> and I can say very parable. A hangover. Uh, it 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 lined my stomach, and the 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 toxic alcohol just sat in that uncrustable jelly, which I also couldn't digest. 
And uh, it cured me of what could have been a debilitating hangover during that Rose Bowl trip. Yeah. So Uncrustables in general within our friend group from college, I think, have been a very polarizing food. Everyone says it's the dumbest thing you can possibly buy it because it is clearly more expensive to buy the pre-prepared PB&J, yeah, that's which why is worse like than it. like creating on your own. But there are definitely scenarios where it makes sense to get an Uncrustable. If yeah. you're traveling, like if you're on the road. On the road on... is a great one. And I also will argue that like the notion that making a PB&J is like 100% trivial is bullshit. Because <laughs> like it, it, it's a very easy food to make, I understand. But you could make that argument about fucking a lot of things that right. you buy other things for convenience about. Right. And with Uncrustables, it's not insane to say, I'd like a PB&J. But I am too fucking lazy to build a PB&J <laughs> Walk to the right fridge, now. open up this plastic then that's going to sit in a landfill somewhere. Right. I got to open it this out. up. I got to go to the pantry. It's the pantry-fridge combo with the peanut butter and the, the jelly that gets me. I don't want to go to both places. I refrigerate my all-natural peanut butter, baby. Otherwise, that oil is going to separate. And I ain't got time to mix that back in with the peanuts. Oh, it's Jesus. all in the fridge. I keep my bread in the fridge. Oh, Nick. So you got all this <laughs> rotten food that you put in the fridge to, to stay for a while. Uh, I got two more mailbag things. Max Kellerman for Prez at If not, if It's Not Broke uh, says, As a scholar of the only legit DreamWorks animated film Anastasia, I endorse the historical accuracy of the latest Cold Cans podcast about Rasputin. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't even bring up that film during our, our, our ranking. So Was that – did you just tweet about that then? I know it was brought up because – uh, Suvian's lawyer Spencer mentioned Anastasia, so, and so she just I think you referenced it and, it and endorsed it. Okay, well I don't remember. I got a little, I got a little drunk off that nine percent beer. And then <laughs> turn last... Rick might have been doing it because it was the the tweet, the Twitter. So oh, okay, you, we, you and me turn. don't touch that. No, yeah, that's Rick. We um, took over for Brian. Except I'm doing the mailbag right now, so that kind of we have apart. access to it. We can read it. Oh, but just but just the Rick tweeting as it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which certainly is true. Um, Last mailbag at Stodiac, Andy Stoughton says, Nick not being committed enough to parable or terrible to wait in line, dot, 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 sad. Hey, we talked through this. You can't wait in a line forever to get one cheesecake. Yeah, you know that what? I, I would not have been refunded for, by the way, you know from the say? other two people eating it. What I say to add Stodiac, go fuck yourself, pal. <laughs> We All got right. a trend. That's our new favorite segment, telling Stodiac to go fuck himself. All right. So uh, that brings us to the ranking. So we we drank yeah. the Heineken. We paired it. It was very parable. Um, it has a semi-interesting history. It's one of those green bottlers. Um, I think before, though, that we can even consider ranking it, I should probably read the rankings from taint to tip. Hey, why don't you go read the rankings? From taint to tip. Okay. Bottom of the rankings, bottom shelf. And I'm not going to tier it anymore. Folks know where the tiers break they, apart. Folks have point. their own tiers in their heads. The bottom of the rankings tears goes. The dove. It goes. Rose, uh, I mean, rose. What was that? Thank you. Tears from a rose. Oh, okay. Sure. Smirnoff Ice, O'Doul's, Olympia, Budweiser, Miller Lite, Miller 64, Michelob Ultra, Molson, Scheffenhofer, Hefeweiss, and Grapefruit Beer. Hey. Rolling Rock, other green bottle cousin. Uh, PBR, Einger Bro Ice. Palisades Pineapple, Tecate, Blatz, Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA, Rainier, Crikey IPA, Blue Moon, Kona Longboard, Deschutes Swivelhead Red, The New Edition, Old Rasputin, Rodenbach Grand Cru, and Spotted Cow is our number one beer of all time. Do I got to take the lead again? Or is, is that what I have a doing? spot I want to put it. Oh. I'm going to shout it out. 
and then you can throw it back down to earth as you are vont to do. <laughs> I want it between Blatz and Tecate. Okay, so our 11th best beer. So you're saying it's it's better than Tecate, Palisades Pineapple, Iinger Brauweiss, Iinger, PBR, Rolling Rock, Sheffernhofer Hefeweiss, and Molson. That skunkiness, though. I know. It's hard to ignore, but I do... I get moods where I like like rotten things. I like eating pickled things. Yeah, I as like you drinking get older, kombucha. I, yeah, you're gonna need the hit. You need the excitement in your mouth. If you're ever gonna get rotted up again, you need a little bit of spice in your life. Okay, that's what this is to me. So if 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 Tecate and Heineken were on a shelf, you'd drink the Heineken. Yeah, it's expensive. Ooh, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's more expensive than uh, Tecate. How much? How much? Well, this convenience store is one of those mom and pop bodegas. And uh, it was, I believe, nine fifty for a six pack. Oh, mama! Well, that's Seattle prices, so it's inflated a little bit. But mama. even in Seattle's prices, that's more expensive than a Tecate. Oh, mama. So you're willing to pay? Oh, the value has got you second guessing, baby. <sighs> See, here's the weird thing about our rankings. I'm sticking with it. Our rankings are all fucked up. They're very fucked up because Palace. It's better than Palisades Pineapple, but it's not better than Iinger Browice. And I'd say it's probably better than PBR. So to me, like it's behind Anger Browise, but it's ahead of Palisades Pineapple. Hmm. And Tecate, I think I prefer Tecate to this on price. So I have it just one spot below where you had it. I have it above Palisades Pineapple and below Tecate. Are we going to fight over this? Tecate no, you know is what? fine. Tecate, is, there, is there something concerning Tecate in the mailbag, by the way? I know. Remember we, when we talked From about our buddy? <laughs> That's true. I forgot about this. <laughs> We've been shitting on Tecate, and at Brooks Maddock, who is our special guest for the Tecate episode, Brooks says, the mistake tandem, as we referred to Tecate <laughs> and Palisades Pineapple, and a gif that says, this aggression will not stand, man, from uh, uh, the dude himself. Uh, so, <sighs> yeah, once the guests who are supervising these beers that they brought are gone, we just talk shit nonstop. <laughs> Tecate, one thing we did talk about is how fucking bland Tecate was. It is. Like, it was it was boring, and that's a very contextual beer. If you're if you are in like somewhere eating th- like two dollar tacos at a happy hour, guzzling Tecate, it's the best thing in the world on a warm summer day. Right. Um, I think Heineken's more. Or is this has more of a challenge? Elsewhere. And it did give me. It made me feel something when I had that parable or terrible. So I'm comfortable with uh, putting the Heineken. Above the uh, Tecate blandness uh, that the last uh, our guest brought to us, so mm. the mistake tandem <laughs> is separated, and uh, Heineken makes its mark where it does, um, skunk and all. The Cold Cans Podcast is recorded in the Overcast Room at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. Visit cloudstudioseattle.com 